Thank you, Jim, for reading our gospel lesson this morning from the Gospel of Mark. Have compassion for everyone you meet, even if they don't want it. What seems like bad manners or cynicism or conceit is always a sign of things no eyes have seen or ears have heard. You don't know what wars are going on down where the spirit meets the bone. But ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worm waiting on a dawn-bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. On the distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. Maya Angelou's famous poem, Caged Bird, describes the experience of two different birds, one that is free and the other that is caged. The, bird, the free bird has the liberty to go over streams, over trees. It can even go back to its nest. It can go back home. However, the caged bird is bound, restrained, restricted by its metal bars, which keep it from truly living. The only thing this caged bird is able to do is exist and sing. Sing a song of freedom. But for now, it is caged. I wonder if the man in the story, caged by a host of demons, could relate to Maya Angelou's poem. We only get a brief peek into this man's life, and this is what we know. Whatever the demons are or where they came from, this, they have caused this man to be violent, and they cause him to do harm to himself. Others tried to help him, but it appears that they tried to help him by doing exactly what the demons were doing, by chaining him up and putting him in a cage. However, there was no one that had the strength to subdue him. 
unable to control him or understand him. He was ostracized by the community from friends and family, pushed out to live naked among the tombs, among the gravestones, still bound by the demons. While we don't know this man's situation, we must admit there's a striking parallel to mental illness and more directly to how communities respond to mental illness. According to a 2017 report from the U.S. Department of Justice, more than 24% of people in prisons have previously been diagnosed with major depression disorder. 17% with bipolar disorder and 12% with post-traumatic stress disorder. Those numbers naturally have increased in, in jails. And Dr. Thomas Fagan, PhD, affirms that as a community, we don't meet people where they are. He says we lock people up with mental health problems when we should be treating these people in the community. And in that absence, the prisons and jails become de facto treatment centers. And so there are parallels with this man's story. And perhaps he does have a mental illness that was left untreated, and he's unable to find a balance that makes him feel whole. But whatever the demons are doing, the point is that this man is not his authentic true self, and the community does not respond in the way that God would. They kick him out of town, Scripture says, day and night, the tombs, he lives among the tombs in the mountains, and he's howling and bruising himself with stones, which doesn't sound like they're even describing a human life. A caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadows shout on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat. He is bound. He's bound in his cage. Throughout Scripture, demons or evil spirits are understood in many different ways. They are either a separate entity that are moving around or they express perhaps an inner spiritual struggle. But regardless, their intent is always bent away from God's goodness. And often this is a moral bent where the evil spirits keep others from living in right relationship, causing division, reacting to fear and hatred, which has consequences not just for the individual, but for the community as well. We have all heard the idiom of face your demons. And usually it's when we are looking within ourselves, needing to confront and acknowledge the negative aspects about ourselves. It could be our ego always needing to be right, or our ego that needs to be liked by everyone. It could be our need to control everything, and it could be our love of money or our love of power. And when we make that central, when we are so attached to that, then it can keep us from living in right relationship with those near us, with those in our community, which is always with God. And let me tell you, we all have demons to face. 
which is another way of saying we all sin. In Maya Angelou's poem, the bird that is in the cage is actually an extended metaphor for the black community in America, which had to and continues to endure oppressive tactics, whether physical, mental, or economic, employed by others that are in power. And as the prophets of the Old Testament cry out against kings and their society, sin can be structural. A nation can be possessed by a lust for power and money. A nation could be caged by racism and xenophobia. And as Maya Angelou describes, such a nation keeps some people from being truly free. The man is bound to his demons. And while he is 40 miles in the middle of Gentile country, while this man howls among the tombs considered to be an unclean place for Jews, and while 2,000 pigs are nearby, also unclean for Jews, who shows up in this complicated scene? Who crosses all these boundaries that are in the way? It's Jesus. And two things happen. First, Jesus has a conversation. Not with the man. Jesus doesn't talk to the man, but he speaks directly to Legion, this army of demons. Jesus is speaking to that which bound the man and keeps him from being who he truly is. And someone this morning may need to hear this, that you are more than what you are bound to. You are more than that which keeps you from being your true self. And Jesus realizes that right away, that the man should not be defined by his demons, but as a child of God. First, Jesus sees the human. And just imagine. Imagine if we approached others the same way. Imagine if we approached those bound by their addiction in that way. Imagine if we approached those with severe mental illness in that way. What if each law or each business decision considered the impact on others, especially the most vulnerable? Jesus notices the human. Second, Jesus does not just talk. He does not sit idly by, but he does something. And the demons recognize Jesus. They recognize that this is the Son of the Most High. They shout at him and they beg him not to torment them. They want to remain bound to this man and control him. But they know Jesus has power over them. They know Jesus can free him. They know he can bring the man back to life. Back to God. And this is the season of Epiphany where we follow the ministry of Jesus each week. And every teaching, every act of healing, even the exorcisms that I don't want to preach on all the time, are about restoring people to their whole self, which is restoring people to the community and restoring people back to God. Jesus does something. 
by casting out the demons, he frees the man. And the man, once caged by demons, howling among the tombs, has new life. It's a bizarre story. What's true? What's not? Pigs don't travel in herds. However, there is a deep truth about who Jesus is. And it is a truth that sets us free. We all have demons. The people we meet, sit next to here in church, have them too. Our nation has demons. We are bound by something that keeps us from God. However, the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus continue to make freedom possible. Even when we are among the tombs, out in the middle of nowhere, we will be found. Even when we are bound by sin, Jesus knows who we really are and can cast out that which holds us. Jesus offers each of us a new life and frees us from that cage. The story ends with the man, free from demons, wanting to follow Jesus. He wants to be a disciple, to be by Jesus' side and go where he goes. But Jesus knows deep down what the man really needs. Just like Jesus knows what we really need. And in this moment, the man needed to be unbound. And so he refuses and tells the man to go home, be free. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade winds soft through sighing trees, and the fat worm waiting on a dawn-bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. Amen. Amen.